Hello, welcome to the A to the K Wrestling Show, where we're talking forbidden doors, and boy, were they blown off the hinges. Uh, pretty, pretty good pay-per-view, all in all, I would say, considering at the start we weren't really massively into it, um, I would I say. Think, um, I think we're a really good example of like how they can sell a pay-per-view to people who are not necessarily like big New Japan guys, because like a lot of this pay-per-view was lost on me. Mm-hmm. Like in terms of booking, but when you watched it, it was a fucking good pay per view. Yeah, you know, that's a, that's a good way to sum it up. Do you know what I mean? There's a lot of people there. I'm like, who's that? Who's that? Mm-hmm. Is that a big deal? But then, obviously, when you get into it and you watch the pay per view, you can see that there's some really talented guys here, and it was a really well put together pay per view. So, indeed. Um, so let's not beat around the bush. Let's kick off with the buy in, shall we? Um, and we'll also keep a running score throughout as well to see, you know how it all kind of played out, who got the more wins, AEW or New Japan. But let's kick off with the first match for the buy-in, and we got to see the factory, which was QT Marshall, and or QT Marshall, as he likes to call Marshall. himself. Um, and Aaron Solo taking on Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi. Um, and, yeah, I think it was pretty obvious the way this was ultimately going to go. It was very much a, let's just put some matches on why people are filling up the stadium kind of thing, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. And no offence to, obviously, QT and stuff like that, but it's just one of those. I don't think anybody was desperate to see this, and I think this was a way to give the New Japan guys an early win as well to show that it's going to be somewhat of a level playing field. Um, so not a whole hell of a lot to say, but ultimately Goto and um, Yoshihashi picked up the win, and the factory continued to be bad, bad jobbers, which is... I mean, honestly, I think that's pretty much the position he puts himself in, isn't it? Like, look at when Hook was was starting to get over. It was one of the first steps he took was um, him and QT, and I think he he understands like it's not about like the factory being over at any point, is it? It's just about um, like you say, getting people over. So, yeah, exactly. Fair play to them. They know their job and they do their job. Indeed. Much like a factory. <laughs> hmm. Um. So the next match, Carl. We saw Lance Archer going up against Nick Camarato. Camarato? Camarato, I think. Camarato, even though it's pronounced Camarato. And I looked at the O and I'm like, hmm. Anyway, um, do you know what? We didn't know about this ahead of time. I don't think um, it was involved in our predictions, although we don't necessarily do the buy-in anyway, do we? I mean, to be fair, um, we we just put up everything that was announced, and I think they only announced a few things last minute, but this wasn't even announced at all. It literally just took place on the night, which was like, okay. And... um, like, I don't even know what you class this as because this was technically it was two AEW guys. So when you're coming to do your scores, Carl, I don't know where you're going to place it. But obviously, Archer <laughs> has, has done New Japan stuff. So was he the New Japan guy in this? Maybe. Um, yeah. And I don't know what you made of Archer being in uh, in the buy-in situations. We've not seen like a great deal of him in like a higher position in AEW at the moment. But obviously, a, a super talented guy. Uh, we actually saw Lance taking the win um, and actually made quite short work of Camarato. So. Yeah, what do you it's think of this one. It's just weird, isn't it? Like he he was on Dynamite in like the the go home um, for obviously the pay per view, and then just randomly gets added to it. I feel like he should be in a higher position on the card in general, really. So yeah. it's a bit of an odd one. The fact he's not he's kind of not being used at all, and then was straight away used quite favorably, and then just plonked on the pay per view randomly. So yeah. it's a strange one. I don't really know what's going on with him at the minute. 
I don't. I mean, the fact that he's on the pay per view, they're keeping him in their eye, aren't they? But like, I don't know what the long term plans are for him. No, very strange. But um, yeah, he got the win. He looked he looked good. He did a fantastic. Um, what's the what's the move that uh, I can't remember the the move that Taker does where he walks on the ropes, old school. Um, old school. So he basically did a version of that, which then he did a backflip into like a moonsault. So I was like, that's pretty sick. So he's a, you know he's very agile for such a big guy. So Taker yeah. could have done that if he wanted to. <laughs> so yeah, so for, for an impromptu match that came out of nowhere, yeah, it was pretty okay. It didn't last long, but. Is what it is. Um, the next one we got. Sounds uh, like sex life. Hey, uh, the next one we got Keith Lee versus Swerve Strickland. <laughs> Swerve sounds like your sex life. Um, <laughs> <laughs> versus uh, El Desperado again. Sounds like your sex life. And uh, <laughs> Yoshinobu Kanemaru. <laughs> sounds like no way. Doesn't Yeah. So. It's a, it's, a, it's a weird thing at the minute with Keith Lee and uh, Swerve Strickland because, again, they're kind of setting up this weird thing where they're a tag team, but they're not really on the same page, but they both want to win. And they're kind of, again, all, almost trying to one-up each other in some way, but it's very odd. I can kind of understand why people aren't best pleased right with Keith Lee's position. Like the odd couple. Hey. Uh, you can understand why people are a bit upset with Keith Lee's position since he's came over, but at the same time, they can't book everyone they sign who isn't deserve you know deserves a bigger push. Can't push everybody to the moon, can they? So I try and give a bit of face to AEW in that sense of like I know it's become almost like a bit of a given that you come in, you lose for a bit, and then you might get used. And they shouldn't necessarily always do that. But um, like you say, I've got to have faith that in terms of long term booking, they've got some plans for Keith in the future. He's definitely you know he's got the potential certainly to be like a TNT champion or something along that line uh, in the like in the next year or so I would say. Yeah, you'd imagine they do something with him, but anyway, they got the win in this one, but it was, you know, just mm. a match that was one of those really. They didn't have a whole lot of story behind it. It was just uh, two of AW's guys versus two of New Japan's guys and the AW guys came out on top, so nice. Well, Carl, last one of the buy in I believe, we had the the Gun Club and Max Caster. Uh, going up against the New Japan Dojo. Mm-hmm. Now, firstly, I want to know your thoughts on um, we had Danhausen naturally um, interrupting the start of the match to debut the Ass Boys theme song. So, firstly, I want to know what you make of. Well, this. let me tell you my thoughts on that, Anthony. Right, and Danhausen, if you're listening, I can't get the damn song out of my head. <laughs> Why did you play it again? It's that one. Have you heard it before? Where he's, he's um, it's the Ass Boys. Billy Gunn I, and the Ass Boys. Have you heard it? I hadn't heard it before, personally. Right. But, um, um, it's one of the, I'd, I'd I, heard I, it a while ago. You've used it before for Middendorf, have you? So it was just something that Danhausen, I think, just got commissioned, basically, with someone he knows who's a musician. He did a thing, and then it just went away, and then this is the first time I think they put it on like TV. But I've heard it before, and it really got in my head, and I forgot it existed. <laughs> and he's brought it back out again now, and it's I just I've been listening to it on repeat. It's just such a, it's such a low key legit banger. So firstly, Danhausen, damn you for that. Um, yeah. yeah, I didn't, I didn't actually know about it until this pay per view. So I've obviously missed that. Uh, oh yeah, I assume that's come from uh, the vlogs and stuff like that where you said that before. I don't even know how I found it. it must have just been. I think it was just yeah, Danhausen's uh, vlog or his, his channel or whatever, and just yeah. Yeah, 
But um, I don't know what you made of it because this was obviously a bit of a mechanism. We had Austin and Colton run into the back, which turned the match into a four-on-two. Mm-hmm. Um, and but despite the heavy advantage for New Japan Dojo, um, we still saw Billy and Max managing to take the win. So uh, what do you make of this? Because this isn't just like an AEW win. This is like you know we we've beat you in a four-on-two. <laughs> yeah, you know, like I know it, I know it's the I know it's the Dojo. So I don't think they were ever expected to get the win really. But yeah, it really doesn't it doesn't do them any favors to get beat in a two-on-four essentially but yeah. yeah i also just as a sidebar as well i, I fucking love the acclaimed i legitimately love them they're fantastic do. they're so oh, good yeah. they're like probably one of my favorite things in wrestling right now i just love love it so good even like i fair play to bowens like he's injured and stuff like that and he's still so good he's just the hype man even like the sesame daddy ass like love it it's just the whole the whole <laughs> shtick it's fantastic it's brilliant uh, no yeah. they are I'll give you two. They are good, and I, I, I'm still shocked at how much they grew on you, how quickly they grew on you. Because I know you didn't oh, like yeah. them at all. I was just like, oh god, they're coming out doing the John Cena shtick with the rap stuff, uh, and then I was like, okay, no, they're they're fantastic, fair play. Um, so yeah, I've been wrong before, and I'll admit it. But yeah, that was the buy-in, Anthony. So ultimately, if you take out the Lance Archer fiasco, um, essentially we got two-one to AEW. So AEW win the early battle. Uh, so let's move ahead into the main card. Kicking off the show, we had, and again, this one was a a mix of AW and New Japan, so we won't, won't yeah. include it in the, the overall scores, but essentially we had Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara, and Suzuki taking on uh, Eddie Kingston, Yuta, and Umino. And yeah, it was a really, really strong opening match. I didn't care for this at all when it was announced. I think I was almost slating it uh, last week, just saying this kind of feels like it's come from nowhere, like, what's the point yeah. of this, what's it, it really did achieving? Have that feel to it, yeah. uh, it was like, Sammy's literally only just joined up with them, like, the other day, and now he's in a match and stuff, and now he's in the JAS, like, what all this kind of stuff, what's going on, uh, but, yeah, fair play, and mad props, it, it over-delivered on my uh, expectations, and, yeah, really solid opening to the match, and we also got to see, potentially setting up something for down the line for New Japan with Jericho, maybe, but... Um, Umino, who I didn't know who he was before this, and he looked fantastic, so he could be a, a potential star, absolutely. But um, yeah, backstage, Jericho uh, got a fireball, put it in Umino's face uh, after saying that he earned his respect. So mm. who knows where that's going to lead? Potentially get Jericho Umino down the line. Um, Umino is where that's going to be a bad go. match. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love it. I love it. That was good. Yeah. That's uh, some bad dad jokes all around. <laughs> Buns for days. So, Carl, the next one. Um, I don't have a great deal to say about the match itself. It was a decent match. Well, I mean, it's always going to be. We had um, the winner-take-all match. We had FTR going up against Cobb and O'Kan and going up against Rapongi Bice. And um, I think the right decision was made here. FTR took the win and took all the accolades, all the belts, everything. And I think this is the right choice. I think FTR have been on an absolute tear as of late and this just adds further to their sort of like basically the the build is like the best tag team in the fucking world. And well, um, makes them seven star FTR, Anthony. It so. certainly does. So um I think it was the right choice made and it was a it was a banger of a match. Like I don't personally like I don't have a lot of uh, knowledge or detail on the other opponents. Obviously everyone looked great here but um 
there's not a lot I can say about them, but I do definitely think, and it's not just because we are in this scenario, especially more uh, AEW than we are anything else. But I do think the the right choice was made there with FTR because um, you know this this just seems like the the natural way they've been being booked lately. They're absolute fucking legends and super super talented guys. Yeah, absolutely. Dan and plus they were like over like Rover in this whole thing. Like they were probably oh, they got one of the biggest pops of the whole night. To be fair to them, so they're killing it now. I think it's it's one of those because they are good as heels, but I just think they're one of those tag teams that are just so good, and you can tell they love the business so much that they just naturally fall into a face team as well so it's i just think it's crazy how it doesn't even feel like that long ago that people were speculating like oh are they unhappy in their position in (laughs) AEW? are they going to leave AEW as well are they just not happy and now it's like they've got all the accolades and they seem quite fucking happy yeah i mean they're they're loving it aren't they they've got the little bromance with punk and then they've all got a bromance with bret hart they're just they're living the dreams aren't they so everybody loves bret everybody loves bret yes they do except maybe sean yeah, but no one likes him either, the prick. So, um, <laughs> not that I harbour grudges or anything like that. Um, so, moving on to the next one. And yes, I was right, Anthony. The All Atlantic Championship. It is. It's going to be you the workhorse title. It is. It's needed. We've got it. And I love it. I'm going to be big enough to say here I'm glad you were right. I can't even remember what my prediction was. Oh, no, no, no. Don't get me wrong. My prediction was wrong. <laughs> I think we you both thought it was... Because you've told me before that you really want Pac to have this. Oh, I really want a Pac. I just didn't believe they would do it. So uh-huh. I think I think we both predicted Miro because uh-huh. it seemed like that was going to be the thing, that the way that they would go. But I'm so, so happy that Pac has got a, a belt. I was saying to you last week that he's only really won the Cruiserweight title over in WWE. This is probably why I was convinced that you were picking Pac. Oh, yeah, because I, I back Pac, but just didn't back Pac to win this match, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was very pleasantly surprised. I thought the match itself was awesome. I'd, I'm going to sound really disrespectful now to Clark Connors, but he just didn't need to be in the match for me. He wasn't bad. He just didn't yeah. need to be there. Yeah, was, no, I'll um, tell you, but had this have been a triple threat, you wouldn't have really battered now, would you? No, and it's one. I, I, you, I get it, you've got to have like New Japan guys in there and stuff, but he just he spent most of his time getting knocked out of the ring and just not doing much, and then he had one cool cool moment. Well, he had more than one, but he had a cool moment where he speared Miro through the table, and then he had a, a moment where, you know, could he have won it kind of thing, but ultimately it just, he was never going to win it, so he was more of a distraction than anything else, but yeah, I was very, very pleasantly surprised that Pac picked up the win, and I loved that little bastard so much, so... Yeah, <laughs> made, made made up for him, and yeah, he deserves it, man. He's one of the AW originals, and yeah. now he's got something to show for it, and it's well deserved. Definitely, and I I really look forward to seeing where he goes with this as well. I mean, they want to obviously they're going to want to push this title. It's a new title. They're going to want to sort of give it a little bit of prominence on TV for a bit. They're going to want to have some really good sort of defenses of it. I can't see them turn the title over super quick. I think it's been a long time coming for Pack anyway, so. I'm super excited to see where this goes. Yeah, I think uh, what's exciting is I don't think we know where it's going to go. Like I feel like the the pack and Malachi Black thing's been done for a bit, so maybe they won't go down that route. Uh, so I'm excited to see who the who the challenge is going to be. You've got to assume it's going to be somebody who can absolutely go. So bangers of matches are coming our way. So, Carl, the next one, the next one, the next one, right? We saw Bullet Club going up against the Dudes with Attitudes. Um, and surprisingly, Carl, the Dudes with Attitudes took the win. 
Um, you say surprisingly. I say surprisingly. <laughs> I, was, I was expecting Bullet Club. I really was. Yeah, to be fair, you did predict that. I think um, it was an interesting one. I don't know why. So I, I predicted that it was going to be due to that dude. But I think, I think I was just weighing it up and I thought they wouldn't have Sting lose it. And I think, obviously, they just had the Young Bucks win the belts. So I don't know why part of me just started to go look, with Right. I'm going to be honest. I've said for a while, Sting can do no wrong for me. Right? He's just a fucking madman, right? And a lot of people have referenced that, like, oh, this harks back to the WCW days, he's done it before, etc. But it just doesn't help, does it, when the uh, two super kicks to the face and he's, like, you know, hulking up, if you will. Uh, I don't know what they called it back in the day for Sting, but um, I, I don't know. For no, no selling the super kicks I didn't do it for me. I, I'm sorry, but I know it's Sting. And I've said, like, even when he... Um, when he put the Scorpion Deathlock on, I think, both members of 2.0. I was totally fine with it. Um, but, I don't know, for me, when, you, when you're pushing the Young Bucks the way you have, and when the Young Bucks are doing what they're doing currently, it just didn't feel right that the Eno sold their superkick. I, I know you have your opinions on the superkick, Carl, because it's become very much not a finisher these days, but it's their iconic move, isn't it? Yeah, it it is. Everybody's got one. Like everybody does a super kick now. It's like I know. It's just it is ridiculous. So, but I don't no, know I th- how you feel about the super kick, but it should have landed some sort of impression on it. Yeah, I think you're right. To be fair, it's it's one of those you have to kind of suspend belief a little bit when you you're watching a sting match, don't you? But yeah, it's one of those. He um obviously the way he started the match by diving off that friggin' thing, it's like a madman. That's like. Like this, this guy, he's he's in fantastic. I mean, when when we saw him, he's in fantastic shape, isn't he? Let's be honest. It is unreal. I know people like get like they get on an AW over this, and on some level, you could say it's scary given his age and stuff. But like, he's done so much with AW now and been fine. You gotta wonder like why he never had a decent run in WWE. Yeah, like it pisses me off that we never got Sting Taker. Even more so, looking at how well he can go here. I know. It's um, it's just gonna go down as one of those those matches that if only, isn't it? But if it's only. one of those. He's he's definitely having um a very very good swan song swan song here in AW and yeah, I, you've got a point about the whole selling thing, but it's one of those. I think he's just. A, well, I've seen it on social media. I know some people loved it, um, and again, some people loved it because it's referenced in WCW and stuff. I just I just didn't think it was the right time. And uh, I think there's a time and a place for the Sting no-selling or the Sting just totally dominating the tag team, which he seems to do a fair bit. But, um, yeah, and I, I, I think Sting's fucking awesome. And I don't even mind that dude with attitude took the win. In all fairness, I think it was that spot with the super kick that kind of did it. Yeah. I think um, I wasn't really that over with Derby in this match for whatever reason he just it didn't feel like a Derby match and it also he felt a bit off as well he, he was barely had any face paint on he was even more kind of just like you know emo than usual he just I don't know but what was up with him to be fair but yeah, yeah. strange one normally he's it just guaranteed to deliver but this just didn't feel like one of his his best he was definitely overshadowed by Sting um, I mean, it's hard not to be. It's Sting. well. I mean, to be fair, he's, he's held his own whenever he's done stuff with Sting stuff. He's always come out with like really memorable moments. But yeah, kind of drawing a blank, thinking what Derby did in this match just wasn't one of his. One of his yeah, best you did, there's not a lot of memorable Derby moments. To be fair, coming out mm-hmm. of it. Strange. 
so the next one, and I'm sure you'll want to weigh in on this one, but Thunder Rosa defending against Tony Storm. And for me, this was the match the Thunder was capable of having as the AW Women's Champ. Um, it was just, it was a, a change of pace as well because we'd had a lot of like high intensity kind of flippy shit dives, this, that, and the other. This was slow, methodical, kind of feeling each other out. Um, some really stiff shots in there as well. Everything looked like brutal. It was just really enjoyable, excellent work, and mm. massive respect to, to to both of them. Really, I don't know. Obviously, this one your, for me, the Thundermark. This was personally a fucking relief because I am a Thundermark. That's fairly honest. But even I have to admit, realistically, if Tony ever took the win, it, you know, it would have been a choice that a lot of people would have been super pleased with, and I couldn't have denied it being a good choice. But I really wanted a good, solid match for Thunder during her Women's Championship run where she defends the title. And sadly, we haven't really had that just yet. This match will go down as like a fucking good match that she's had during her title run. And that's exactly what I wanted. And I made up she won. Uh, and I made up it was a banger of a match, especially after the, the shit she took for her, her previous match. Yeah, definitely. I think um, something, that, especially now that she's been champ, that she's always been doing really well is the um she proper steps it up from like an entrance like gear and attire and stuff like that like the proper full like headdress thing and stuff that she mm. had on and stuff like that like she looks big time like main event um yeah. which was which was really good but she's she's thunder fucking rose i can't <laughs> yeah she is and she's still our champion uh so yes very much relieved i'm sure that you are <laughs> with that result damn right i am god damn right so, Carl, the next one uh, is a match that I don't think either of us were particularly th- thrilled on. It's fortunately, the right choice made, I think. But we're, Will Ospreay going up against Orange Cassidy, and this just seemed, uh, no offence to, to OC, but it just seemed like an unusual choice for Ospreay because um, obviously a lot of people are so big on him. He, he looks incredible in, uh, in, well, in the Indies in general, but in New Japan. And um, it just seemed like because of the OC gimmick, and again, it's nothing against OC himself, but because of Orange Cassidy's gimmick, it just seemed like a a crazy match to put together when there's so many opponents people were probably clamouring for for this. But um, you know what? It was a really good match. And, uh, you know, the right choice was made with Osprey taking the win. And uh, we got uh, Shibata making an appearance after the match to run off Osprey. And um, it, this is where it's probably lost on you and me a little bit, Carl. But it certainly got the fans on on side, and um, obviously is building. I assume something for New Japan that we may not get to see in AEW. But again, you know, it, it was ended up being a quite a solid match. But um, I don't know. I still wasn't overly sold on on this as the matchup itself. But it, at least we didn't have a Cassidy win. No offense to Cassidy. <laughs> yeah. So I think um, firstly about Shibata, I was like, who the fuck is that guy? Um, no idea who he was. All the fans proper pop for him. So yeah, it's one of those. I think. Reaction, but. Well, I think it's one of those where um, it was bound to happen. Where there was going to be stuff happening for New Japan, and because we don't follow New Japan, you know, it's just one of those. You have to just go. Okay, I'm guessing he's a big deal. Um, you know, the commentary team made it sound like he was a big deal, and he'd been away for a bit or something like that. So, yeah, interesting. Maybe he's going to be the new challenger for Osprey. But in terms of the match itself, you know what? I I was really surprised how good it was, and. I think 
I need probably both of us as well. We need to probably just stop sleeping on Orange Cassidy because every time he's in a match, we're just like, oh, why is it Orange Cassidy? Like this is this is, and every time he he does over deliver. So it's one of those. I, to I, be fair, to, I think it's because it's a comedy gimmick. So straight away you assume it's not going to be taken seriously. I think I think that's you always kind of get lulled into that expectation. Yeah, and I think um, I I didn't. I've seen bits of Osprey, not loads, but yeah, I get it. I firmly get it. He's he's gold. Love the guy. Yeah. He's um I have, I'm quite quality. hoping we get we get a run of Osprey in AEW to be honest. I know yeah. it's quite clear that they've still got some new Japan stuff going on, so it's probably not the case. But they do still have a working relationship, so I'm hoping we get a lot more Osprey in AEW. Yeah, he's he's absolutely quality man. Um I'd I'd love to see more of him, whether it's in Ring of Honor or AEW. Um, I look forward to we... a picture of him and Tony Khan hugging. <laughs> As Tony Khan weeps. But yeah, I feel like we're, we're going to have to start watching Ring of Honor as well. I, I can't bring myself to do New Japan and Ring of Honor and Impact. It's just, there's too we much. We barely have time for anything we else. We barely have time for this. Um, but yeah, it's one of those. We're going to have to try and monitor you know, people like Osprey and stuff like that if, if they do end up making... Oh, no, I think we're going to have to like bring ourselves like to a point where we're just watching... Stars instead of shows. Yeah, it might might just, just follow. We just follow Osprey matches or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. It's one of those. Like if, if our favorites just don't happen to be on, I don't know, WWE or AEW that week, we just don't watch any of the shows. <laughs> Sorry, you know what they. But um, yeah. To be fair, I um, I thoroughly enjoyed this. I thought it was really good. Fair play to Cassidy. Um, he always over delivers, and Osprey is he's quality. So yeah, enjoyed. Agreed. Um, now the next one. So the mystery opponents. Uh, everybody seemed to know who this was going to be, uh, and it was. It was Claudio Castagnoli, uh, formerly known as Cesaro, and yeah, he's, he's pretty cool seeing him there. I think we've always. I know Tony's made up. <laughs> we've always said that Claudio is um, a phenomenal talent and could have gone much further in WWE. Especially it almost seemed like they believed that themselves for a second, didn't they, as well? Well, for a hot minute he did. I think it, his, his problem's always been from like a promo and a gimmick character standpoint and stuff like that, but I think the fact that he joined the Blackpool Combat Club and immediately he's in a stable with people around him and a mouthpiece in Regal, he could go really Regal far. Regal is a fucking great mouthpiece, let's be honest. Yeah, and I think they need to start using him more for that as well, because Moxley can talk, Danielson can talk, you've got the likes of Utah and... Um, Claudio in there now who aren't the best on the mic so they would benefit yeah. from having someone like Regal doing something especially special. like especially Claudio because like you say you got to imagine you know with time he's going to end up getting better on the mic and he's quite greedy to the business and not like tremendously so but you know he is an up-and-comer isn't he in that sense whereas I think we're we're firmly set on the fact that Claudio is probably never going to be great on the mic yeah but um, like you say Regal can sustain that which is awesome yeah definitely um so I think it just fits as well. It makes sense. It's a what a hell of a faction that is, and no offense to Utah, but he's obviously the the, the big weak link. Like if it was if the faction was made up of Moxley, Danielson, and Claudio, you'd be like, okay, my god. And no offense to Utah because they need some youth in there as well. But uh, yeah, it's definitely shaping up to be maybe the one of the best factions going right now, which is is really good. Um, yeah, it's it's a fantastic signing. I think. He could go on and be the champ, and he could definitely go over to Ring of Honor and help them out as well. But even just like this match was super technical. It wasn't. Don't get me wrong. 
And this is no offence to Claudio or, or um, Zach here, but it wasn't the match that we, it would have been if it was Danielson. Of course it wasn't. But it was still very technical. There was still a lot going on. They still both had a fantastic match. And there was a, there was a spot in here where Cesaro basically had um, Zack Sabre Jr. on his arm, lifted him up one-armed, walked around the ring, up the steel steps, and plonked him in there. It's just like, this guy is strong, man. So, um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's good. It's good to see him and hope he gets um, hope he gets some good time and we see some good stuff from him. I think it's one of those. A lot of people kicking off saying it's even more so. It's all um, all ex-WWE. But <clears throat> if the talent is good, they need, you know what I mean? Why, why not bring them in? So Yeah, like, it's funny, isn't it? Yeah, all wrestlers from other wrestling places who are now needing a job. It's crazy. It's crazy. Why would you yeah. hire a wrestler to exactly. do a wrestling show? It's almost like WWE, you know, because they've all their talent is fully homegrown. They definitely haven't brought in people like you know Kevin Owens and AJ Styles and Sami Zayn and all those guys. No, no. Well, uh, I've seen this a few times on social media though, where people people love to do this whole X WWE thing. And uh, I've seen a post quite recently. I, I, apologies, I just can't credit anyone because I can't remember, but. Um, he put like someone put up a thing saying like name you know, your favorite AEW wrestlers um, that are like not X WWE guys, and then obviously all the comments are like, are there any ha 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 and stuff like that, and then obviously you get people who are defending the position with AEW and then they're going, well you've got MJF, Darby Allen, etc. and listing loads of people, and then straight away people are going. Well, technically, they're not AEW homegrown guys. They've come from here and they've come from there and they've come from there. It's like, right, so we can play that game with anyone that we class as homegrown AEW, but I'm not allowed to include like Daniel Bryan because he's an ex WWE guy. Yeah, it doesn't make like, sense, does it? How can we play that game? So the, everyone who has been in WWE can't be included, regardless of whether they came from Ring of Honor or anywhere else. But you can't count anyone who's in AEW. Because they were in the Indies, and it's like you're just making your own fucking game up here. You want the end result has to be no one. AEW's made no one because of the rules you've set. It's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, it's um, yeah, definitely a strange one. Yeah. But again, people like to do it, don't they? Oh, ex WWE guys, like there's plenty of talent who weren't ex WWE guys. But as you've rightly said, even if they were, they're talented fucking wrestlers, and they deserve to work somewhere. Exactly. So why not? Why not have it be AEW? Why exactly. not? They know so, yeah. you should be Good working match. in like a school hall somewhere <laughs> where we don't have to think about you. Like, why? Just because. Don't want them on TV, apparently. Indeed. Anyway, next one, Carl. And uh, there might be a hot take involved in this, but um, we saw Jay White going up against Hangman Page, going up against Okada, going up against Adam Cole. Now, because of the situation, we had White and Cole. Um, sorry, can we just pause that one, sir? So, um, obviously, we had the connection between Jay White and Adam Cole, uh, which sort of played a, a part quite early on in the... Uh, they formed a bit of an alliance for, for quite a large portion of the match, to be honest. Um, generally, the match had some really solid moments, but I think the biggest thing we need to talk about, Carl, and probably the thing I know you want to talk about will be the, the finish of the match. Now, I don't know if we fully know what's going on here. I don't think it was um, a booking decision. I think this was obviously a miscommunication, maybe. Um, we've heard in rumours of, of an injury. Um, so did that affect what's going on here? But we had uh, Cole dodging the, the Rainmaker. 
White hitting the switchblade on Okada, and then just pins Adam Cole, who looked like he tried to kick out, which again is like there's rumours of yeah. Adam Cole being injured and apparently being injured for some time. I I, I don't I don't really know what went it's on. It's such a one. it's such a weird one. It proper threw me to be fair. I think it threw a lot of people in the sense of essentially Adam Cole didn't take um, the Rainmaker, so he's pretty fresh in a sense. So. When Jay White yeah. hits a card with the switchblade, the fact he just goes over, crawls over and pins Adam Cole, and then Adam Cole tries to kick out on three, but Jay White doesn't let him. I don't know what happened. There's a breakdown in communication somewhere. Some people have, thing, have right, kind of said that they think he separated his shoulder, Adam Cole, at some point. But you see, this is the bit where I'm a bit lost because you go, well, I get that maybe they didn't want him to, maybe that's why he had to dodge the Rainmaker and not take it because they knew he was injured. But then why was he the one eating the pin? Because, like you say, it kind of looks odd then to us that, like, why couldn't he kick out? Yeah, it's a weird one. Like, on the one hand, if, if Jay White's, like, basically called an audible because somebody's, like, knocked for six or, like, we need to end the match right now for whatever reason, then fair play, you can't complain too much. But I can't pinpoint exactly where. That happened. Now somebody thinks he separated his shoulder when he he crouched down for the rainmaker, but again, why pin Adam Cole then? If that was the case, that's the bit that loses me because it, it just makes it look. And then why does Adam Cole try and awesome. kick out as well? Like surely you would say to him as he's pinning him, like you know we're gonna go home. Now. It's like you know, like this is yeah. it or whatever. But weird. So yeah, it kind of um, took a massive shine off the match, really. But sadly, yeah, for what should have been like, an absolute killer of a match as well. And I've got a really but, controversial uh, take here. I wasn't Ooh. impressed with Okada. Okay. You know what? It's funny you mentioned that you weren't impressed with Okada because I was going to ask your opinion on Jay White mm. because honestly, and this is my hot take, I'm not saying he's bad by any means, but I feel like he's maybe being a bit overhyped for what he's shown us. Yeah. Personally. Um, but I do take your point on Okada as well. Yeah. I mean, all of them, to be fair. <laughs> the ma- like... <laughs> The, the match was it was fine don't get me wrong yeah. but it just I don't know something was just off about the whole match I think but I just I can't place exactly what Okada is like he comes out in like a robe and stuff like that but then he kind of tries to act a bit like The Rock and things I, I just I don't really know but then he he doesn't seem to have that much charisma <laughs> that I can tell and his in-ring <laughs> work was was okay like not even like you, you might be able to look past all that and go but oh he's fine fantastic in the ring like um you know we've, we've spoken about uh will osprey stuff like that for example you might just go my god he's good but i was just like yeah he's all right so i didn't really he does seem it. like i don't like do you have to be a new japan guy or like people is, seem to is, fucking is some element of it that's the thing he, so. he, he was treated like a big deal and i imagine rightly so but i certainly like i say i think if you only ever knew him from this it'd be very lost on you as to why yeah. it's a big deal, I think. Yeah, maybe this just wasn't one of his best I think it's matches. Clear Forbidden Door is a pay per view for people who are probably fans of both New Japan and AEW. Oh, of but, course. Um, we it's are definitely... people who haven't really watched a lot of New Japan, so it, it, it it's interesting, like the perspective, I suppose, when you go, well, how well have they sold somebody who we don't really know? And like you say, in the case of Okada, it's like, yeah, you can't really see why he's such a big deal based on this pay per view. No, there's definitely a market where people, you know, mark the fuck out over this pay-per-view. But, yeah, I, I wasn't personally one. Because, like, this is probably the match as well where you would go, okay, this is the this is the Forbidden Door match. You've got two AEW guys. You've got two New Japan guys, all very, pretty high up, um, you know, former champs or former challengers. So, but, yeah. yeah, I don't know. It was 
it was okay. But yeah, I think the finish just took all the shine off it, which is, I don't know whether anything's come out about that since. I haven't seen anything to actually explain what it was, but yeah. It was, I, um, think, I don't know if this was actually before. No, it must have been after. I've heard rumours of Adam Cole, like that he's been battling with an injury for a little while, in fact. Yeah. I mean, well, I believe I he was working injured. I know Britt put a tweet out, didn't she, saying, like, you won't believe how much effort people put in and basically trying to almost defend Adam Cole or whatever. So I don't really know what's gone on. But, mm. yeah, it was it was okay. And, unfortunately, the main event, I, I'm not going to sing massive praises about that either. I think, for me, it was always a foregone conclusion that Moxley was going to win it. Um, I don't know. You know, I was saying to you, like, I was expecting maybe we get uh, Tanahashi winning and some time. You're a crazy time. person. I know, but um, <laughs> clearly because I was wrong. But. Um, no, I don't know. I just uh, I, I couldn't have seen them put the AEW title on um, a new Japan guy at this moment in time. So I always kind of knew the outcome in my mind, how it was going to play out. And the match itself was fine. It definitely wasn't a bad match. But yeah, there was just there was parts in it where like, like Moxley got like massively split open, but it was based off nothing. It, was, it wasn't like as a result of anything mega. It was just like you know, they need to get some blood. So he just went out in the ring and just cut his head for no reason. So I was like, right, okay. Um, <laughs> so we had all that. And then, yeah, the match itself was, was fine. It was just, it was just, yeah, it didn't feel like a main event to me, unfortunately. But, mm. you know, very happy for Moxley, two-time champ. And um, what I wasn't a fan of the most, right, and I don't know your thoughts on this, is you've just crowned a new interim champ. So that should be where all the celebration is, confetti, all this, all this good stuff. Instead, they did an angle to set up Blood and Guts because obviously that's today um, and there wasn't much time between turning over the pay-per-view on the Sunday to when Blood and Guts mm. was and they weren't able to hype it because they had to hype Forbidden Door. So they booked themselves into a mess. So yeah, I understand why they've done this, but I wasn't a fan of it where end of the match, they bring down all the guys and they have this big brawl and I was just like, that's not what you do at the end of a pay-per-view. That's what you do at a, a ending of a bad episode of TV, not the end of your pay-per-view. Yeah, do you know what? I'll take your point on that. I think it's all—it's almost disrespectful to the title as well that it, yeah. it didn't get the the time, the pay per view time that it, it should have got. No, and I, I get it. It's like well, it's only the interim title, like CM Punk's the real champ. But it's like, well, no, you're introducing an interim belt, so you class it as the belt until. Plus, that's like you the have champion champ. when Punk's back, isn't it? Well, exactly. Um, so I don't know. I that's what I mean. I don't want to shit on them too much because I get that they had to put some more animosity behind blood and guts because it would have felt because. Like that—that's the problem with me—is he was setting up this stuff, and then Regal came out and was like, "Blood and guts," and it was like, oh, "Okay," and then it was like, "Right, let's drop all that because we've got to build Forbidden Door for a couple of weeks." So it was yeah. like, "Hang on," <laughs> so it just felt the time it like, just felt we'll, off. We'll try and call um, called AW when we should, and uh, like you say, it just felt like a bit of poor planning. That really, yeah. I mean, they're, they're not invincible, you know what I mean? Like, uh, I, yeah. I, I, I tend to agree and like a lot of the stuff they do. Um, maybe more so than WWE at the moment, uh, with the exception of like Rumble and Mania season. But yeah, I don't know. It just this 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 felt bad to me. Um, and it was a bit of a, a damp squib to end the pay per view because it was really good up until the last two matches for me. So I kind of ended up leaving the pay per view with a bit of a eh, feeling, which is a shame because really, um, the majority of matches were actually really good. But so yeah, that was the pay per view. Um. And if we do scores on the doors, I think it was 6-3 to AW for the main card. Damn. And it was 2-1 to AW um, in the opening. So for those of you who can do maths. That's a lot. 
In fact, no, I've, I've, I can't do maths because I haven't done it right. It was 4 2 to AW <laughs> for the main card and 2 1 on the buy in, which made it 6 3 overall to AW. Ah, I get you. So, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. To be fair, that, that wasn't maths. maths, that was reading. Well, yeah, so I can't do English <laughs> or maths. You want to see me try science? It's, it's terrible. Um, I always thought so, French yeah. was your worst subject. We. We, we. Which is mad because. Uh, you're a fan of our French teacher. Well, not my French teacher. Not my French teacher. Do we not have the same French teacher? Nah. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Anyway, why are we digressing into this? I have no idea. Um, okay. But anyway, yeah, so, because we're, we're crossing through the forbidden door, because that's what we do. Um, <laughs> so, all in all... <laughs> uh, so, yeah, all in all, I would say uh, the pay-per-view was better than we probably expected but for me personally um the last couple of matches just kind of didn't live up to the hype um which is a bit of a shame but i'm glad that it happened i'm glad that we got to see some cool stuff but claudio is now a member of aw and it's in the blackpool combat club which is awesome but now i'm glad that we can move firmly on to you know aw solely again now and start to build up the next set of feuds and storylines there because yeah i'm not really sure where they're all going at the minute because they've had to divert their attention to to this so yeah. yeah how about you what are your thoughts final thoughts on forbidden doors i think it was a much better pay-per-view or like not much better i think i got more out of it than i thought i would um and that that's i'm being careful about me wearing on that because i wouldn't say it was much better it was probably as good as it was going to be in terms of quality and i know a lot of people absolutely love this as a concept uh, and obviously love the Indies and love New Japan and love what's going on with it all. Uh, but for someone in my position, Carl, I think it exceeded what I thought the the enjoyment I thought I'd get out of it. I certainly got a lot more. So I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I think it was one of the best pay per views AEW has put together. Fair play. And to be fair, I hope they do a second one. Uh, maybe like an annual or biannual event. So yeah, maybe nice. Already. But I think hopefully they'll take the learnings from this to not derailed the whole television product for a few weeks to are focus we solely on Forbidden Door are we going to think so like Forbidden He's... Window <laughs> <coughs> Forbidden Cat Flap what um, <laughs> whole different show that one um, so yeah so thank you the Forbidden Back Door <laughs> if you're still if you're still here to hear the ramblings of two very tired men then we appreciate you sticking around for this point um if you haven't already check out this week in wrestling where we spoke about all the other stuff non-forbidden dory about AEW. forbidden dory the latest in the final <laughs> nemo films um <laughs> uh, not one i'm gonna watch to be honest no no terrible. disney's really clutching the straws now um and then also obviously ringside report we chatted all the news that was a bit somber as well to be fair but still watch it though still listen to it it was okay yeah. and we're about to chat our predictions for money in the bank so make sure you stick out right so, <laughs> two tired men say goodbye. <laughs> and here's Griff Garrison to say goodbye as well. Hey, Griff. This is Griff Garrison, and you're listening to A to the K. 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 A to the K.